Hashem, we are learning Baba Kama Daf Samach. We left off on Daf Samach, Ahmed Aleph, on top of the Ahmed, second line. The Gemara is continuing to quote from the Mishnah that if Shalach Biyat Pikeach, if a person sent a Be'ed, if a person sent a fire in the hands of a adult, intelligent person, the intelligent person was the one that lit someone else's property on fire. The Mishnah says, Hapikeach is chayev. As we learned, Ein shliach ledvaravena. And even though there are times that if a person sends a shliach to do something wrong, the sender, the mishaleach, is chayev, not bidine yodam, but bidine shamayim. Here, you're not even chayev bidine shamayim. Because since the damaged party will get paid from the pikeach, so the damaged party was compensated already. Then the Mishnah continued that if there were a few people involved, one brought fire, one brought fuel, but this is included in the vechule that the Gemara brings from the Mishnah, if someone else came and fanned the fire, so the Mishnah says that Hamalabah, the one who fanned the flames, he's the one that's chayv. So says the Gemara, There were actually two girses, there were two versions as to what are the words of the Mishnah. One is, And liba would mean to fan. And whoever had that version, did not have a mistaken version. The other girsa was that the word is not with a lamid, but the word is niba, also did not make a mistake, because they both are correct words to describe the case that we just spoke out. That if people who brought fire, the fire wouldn't have done any damage. But if a person at the end fanned it into flames, then the one who did that is Chayif. Because Liba means fan. From where do we know that? Because it says, and here we're quoting a Pasuk and Pasha Shemois, by the Pasha of the Sneh, that when it says, Vayero Malach Hashem, Elov, to Moshe. And it says, Belabas Eish, Belabas Eish means in the heart of a fire. So since Belabas means in the heart of a fire, it can mean that you are creating fire, which is what fanning means. Mandatani Niba, the Gears and the Mishnah that use the same word with Anun, Loi Mishtabish, did not make a mistake because the Chsiv, and they're recording a Pasuk in Yeshaya, a Pasuk that we say every Motsoi Shabbos in the Vigitim that Boirei Niv. That I created speech, niv means speech, of the lips. And as Rashi says, on top of the Amid, niba, that Adam edaber, when a person talks, he, his lips move, viruach an ear blows out. So niba means blowing. So fanning, blowing, they both mean that the one who was melabe, the menabe is the one that's going to be chayiv. However, the Mishnah concluded that if people came, one guy brought fire, one guy brought wood, but but if it was wind that blew the fire into a flame, and it was that that ultimately caused damage to happen, then Kulan, all of the people, the one that brought the fire, the one that brought the wood, they are all peturim. Okay, and again, there are many ways of learning that last line in the Mishnah. We learned it as we spoke out from Toysvis at the bottom of the Amit. One interpretation on Taisvis, that if the person lit a fire with a Ruach Matsuya, the fire wouldn't have spread, would not have spread. It was a Ruach She'eina Matsuya that spread the fire, the person is not going to be Chayv. Oh. Says the Gemara Ton and Abanon, we learned the following scenarios in Abraisa. Liba vilibato Ruach, what happens if there was a fire that was lit, and both a person fanned it, and it was also fanned into flames by a Ruach, together... So the, the Baraisa says like this, If there was sufficient force in the person's fanning to set the fire ablaze, his fanning alone would have caused the fire to damage. And let me add something very important. And the Ruach would not have been enough to fan it into flames. Then, says the Baraisa Chayev, which, by the way, means the way we're learning the Braisa, that if the person blew it strong enough that his fanning would make the damage happen. But the Ruach, the wind, also has enough Kayach to make the fire into a flame. Then many Rishonim learn, then he's also going to be Potter. If it was together him and wind, it's only if he alone would have been enough 
to make the fire into a flame, and the ruach would not have been enough alone. Ruach However, the Braise continues, the imlav, the imlav means that if neither the person's blowing would have been enough to make it into a flame, nor the wind's blowing would have been enough to make it into a flame, then you're going to be potter. Even though together his blowing and the Ruach Matsuya's blowing, the way we're learning now, would be enough and attack a damaged, but since he on himself did not do something that would have caused damage, he's spotted. And on this asks the Gemara, am I, why does the Braisa say that? And we have a Gavalda Kikash. One of the Lamatas Malachas is called Zoire. Zoire in English means to winnow. Remember in Cheder, my teacher telling me that after you crush the kernels from the chaff, so after they're already separated, but they're still mixed together. So what did people do? They used to put the grains with the shaft, with all the stuff in a, in a certain type of keli, in a certain type of shovel. They used to throw it up in the air. Gravity schlepped everything back down. But what happened was, being that the shaft is very, very light, the wind that was blowing would be strong enough to blow the shaft away. But the kernels would fall back down. And that's the way you effectively separated the bad from the good. Now, don't forget, you're doing an action. Without any wind, you wouldn't have separated anything. What separates the chaff from the kernels? The wind. The din is, that is asr midoyed isa. So from there we see that if a person, so to say, harnesses a force of nature, which is wind, he's not off the hook because he was the one that did an action. True, he did it in conjunction with a, a, a natural force. So what? So by Shabbos Yechayv, you should be chayv by Nezakim. Great question. To which the Gemara gives many answers. Omar Abaya, answer number one, that Hachib Amayaskinon here in the Zakin, here in the Braisam, Kigoyin, we're only speaking about a case, Liba Mitzad Echad, that the person blew in one direction, he fanned the fire in one direction, Vilibatoi Horuach Mitzad Achad, and the wind was blowing in the opposite direction. The wind nullified his action altogether. Think about it. If you blow here and the wind is going the other way, the wind is stronger than you're blowing, than you're fanning, what you're doing has zero effect. That's why you're potter. Rabbi gives another answer that over here, that when the person began to fan the fires, his fanning itself would not have caused the fire to spread. Not only that, when he was fanning it, there was a Ruach Metsuya. And even with the Ruach Metsuya that was there then, it would not do damage. However, when he, when he did his action, then came Then an unusually strong wind came, and it was that that caused the fire to spread. So it's not like in the case of Shabbos, where he did something, and the, he harnessed the, the nature to do, to add. What he did, even with the Ruach Metsuya, was nothing. It was completely the Ruach She'en Metsuya. Only that's why he's putter. Rav Zedi gives another answer, Kigoyin, that what is the Braisa speaking about? That he was not, his Ruach would not have been enough. That Samrat Samurei, that he was just warming up his hands. He was just warming himself up. You know, when people are cold and they make a breath in their hands and they rub it against each other, that breath is mamish nothing. That doesn't do anything for a fire. Again, another reason why over here he's completely exempt. Ravashi Ravashi has an answer that takes a whole different approach. Here we're speaking about he did some, he blew a little bit. And his blowing together with the Ruach Matsuya caused the fire to spread. Each one by themselves would not have caused it, but together it did. But here is fundamentally different than Shabbos. Why? Ki is attributed to the, to the person who's winnowing. The criterion of Shabbos is the purposeful work is that which the Torah prohibits. Meaning, interestingly, that by Shabbos, if a person has a certain kavana, and the kavana and the person's intent realizes itself, you're going to be chayiv. Even though you, without harnessing nature, would not have accomplished it. But you did something for a purpose, and your purpose got fulfilled. Over here, by Nezakin, even if a person intends to do damage, and damage happens, the key criterion of me being chayev is if I directly did the damage. If I cause damage to happen, 
Taka, it's a horrible thing, and I'm chayv medina shamayim. But Gerama ben Ezekiel is spotted. Being that my blowing in itself would not have caused the fire to spread, true, I knew that I'm using the, the Ruach of nature. And I knew that this will ultimately cause the fire to spread. But I did not directly do it. Hacha, it's not about me having kavana, me having intent. It's about direct or indirect. Grama ba'almahu, v'grama b'nezakan is pater. Okay, good. let's move on to the next Mishnah. Continues the Mishnah, ha'sholeich A person sends forth fire. Now, don't forget, they're, they're, by fire itself, we can, to a certain degree, categorize it into two different categories. One is, if, God forbid, if I light someone else's grain on fire directly, that's not called sholeich ha'sabe'eda. Sending forth fire is that I lit it in my property, and then the fire spread, and the Mishnah is saying, if Aachla eats him and then eats up someone else's wood, oy avanim. Avanim is normally something that's not damaged by fire, but stones can get scorched. Stones can get singed by fire. Oy afar. We had these cases earlier on in the Masechta. If a person plows a field, and normally fire cannot damage earth. But after you freshly plow a field, if there's a lot of fire on that area, it's going to sort of say, also like singe or burn the top layer of the earth, and you'll have to replow. In all of these cases, the one who set forth the fire is Chayev Shenemar, and here recording the Pasuk. In Parshas Mishpatim, that's a trader in the Pasuk, gives many examples. It says, Kiseitzeh if fire shall go forth, and going forth means that you lit it in your property, but then it went forth out of your property. Umatzakaitzim, and it finds thorns. V'nechal gadish, and it ate a stack of grain. Gadish is after you cut the grain off the ground, you stack them up, that's called a gadish. Oy hakama, or if it burned standing grain that was still connected. Oy hasadem. Now what is sada adding? The Gemara is going to speak out, it's adding the earth itself, the field itself was burned, rocks were burned. In all of these cases, quoting the Pasuk, Shalem Yishalem, Hamavedas Habe'eda, the one who lit the fire is Chayev. Now by the way, Hamavedas Habe'eda, is our words that, that normally imply the one who lit the fire himself, not who sent the fire forth. And so there's a certain apparent inconsistency that the Gemara is going to address. Now, is the Pasuk speaking about that you lit the Gaddish, or is the Pasuk speaking about that you lit fire in your property and it went forth, it was Kiseitse, and it burned the Gaddish? Says the Gemara Amarav. First of all, Lamali, the Kasav Rahmana Kaitzim, Gadish, Kamavisade. Why did the Pasik have to give all these four examples? Says Ravat Sricha, they were all needed. The Kasav Rahmana Kaitzim had the trader taught you that your fire that you sent forth burnt thorns for which your Chayev Havamina. I would think Kaitzim, who the Chayev Rahmana, it's only if it burns thorns. Am I obligated to pay? It's common that fire is found amongst thorns. People actually sometimes purposefully get rid of the thorns by burning, by burning it down. And therefore, people are not careful to keep fire away from thorns. So if the person is going to tell Bezin, you know, I, was I negligent? It's, it's a gray area. And the Pasuk is speaking about Kisayt Sayesh. If you lit the thorns, of course you're chayif. But if I lit fire my property and then it spread to the neighboring property and, the, and it burned the thorn, the thorn downs, perhaps the one who lit the fire can claim, you know, can, I, can he claim, I wasn't negligent. I never knew what's going to get there. And I, I protected it enough. What happened was an accident. So by thorns, Bazin will never accept accident because we're not going to trust that you were careful because why would you be careful if no one is careful? It's normal for fire to go to thorns. That's why you're chayef. Abel, maybe we would have thought that if the fire spread to the neighboring property and it burned down the neighbor's gaddish heaped pile of gathered grain, since the leishchiach eshgabayu, no one allows fire to burn down their grains. And therefore, the leishchiach, the pasha, it makes more sense that the guy who lit the fire would have been naturally more careful that his fire should not spread. So if he starts to claim, I wasn't negligent, you know, it happened, it was an accident, Maybe we'll accept that taina. Or we're going to demand a higher level of proof that he was a Prishaya. So, Eimeloi. So the Torah says, no. Schaev even by Gaddish. And the opposite. If the Torah only would have mentioned Gaddish, the first white line, I mean, I would have thought Gaddish Schaev, because Rachmana, Mishum, the Hefzid, Merubahu. Since Gaddish is of great value, that's why Schaev to pay. Avol Koitzim. Since the Hefzid, Muat, Eimeloi. Maybe you won't have to pay. Now normally, when it comes to Dinei Nezakin, Din Prutak, Din Meyam, there's no difference. That's when you do the damage direct. But since you did not do direct damage, maybe you only chai, perhaps, in Merubah. 
the end of the day, you lit it in your property and it went burning over there. Kamalamali, oh, Kamalamali, why do we need Kama? So it says the Gemara, Ma Kama Bigalui, that's the famous din that we learned many times of Taman. That if it burns standing grain, standing grain is apparent to everyone. Only there are you chayiv. Afkoil, you're only chayiv if it's bigoloi, and that excludes tamun. Meaning, if something was in the pile of standing grain, there was a keli there, or like we learned before, if the entire pyre was covered, covered, if it didn't burn down something that was revealed le'ein koil, you potter. Now, ulad Rabbi Yehuda, the mechayiv aniski tamun, be'eish kamalamali. Rabbi Yehuda disagrees with that. So the Gemara says, according to Rabbi Yehuda, the word Kamal the rabbi is called Bali Kaima. Anything that is standing, trees, especially animals, animals one can argue, the animal should have ran away. If the animal was not tied up, why am I chayef? No, you are chayef for anything that the fire damaged if it's standing out. If it's... Now, the Rabbanon, the rabbi is called Bali Kaima, they use Kama to exclude Tamun. Answers the Gemara, Nafkalahu, they learn called Bali Kaima from the extra word Oi. It says Oi Hakama. If the title wouldn't have written Oi, then you would have thought that, you know, when you chayv for Nezek of your fire, only if it burned all everything, Kaitzim and Gadish and Kama and Sad. So Oi Lechalik, if it burned either one or the other or the other, you're always going to be chayv. Lechalik min Aluhu. So the Rabbanan say, Nafkalahu mi Oi Hasad. There was two Oi's in the Pasik. You can see the Pasik in the Mishnah. The Pasik says, Oi Hakama, Oi Hasad. One oy is, is to be marba kol bali koyma, and one oy is lechalik. But Rabbi Yehuda, so the answer is, I did the cost of Rachman oy akama to teach you kol bali koyma. So that's a cloud that we have many times. Then the pasuk to be symmetrical is going to add an extra word, so the flow of the pasuk should be nicer. Oy hasadim. Now continues the Gemara. The word hasada, the final example in the pasuk. Lamali answers the Gemara La'asuye, that is the whole reason we brought this down. That is the source for the din of our Mishnah. That even if it ate up Avanim Ayafar Yechayev, La'asuye, Lichachanidai. That if the fire scorched the plowed field, or if it's Sichachavanov, or if it's singed stones, you're also going to be Chayev. Chayev for anything. Asks the Gemara, well, if the Torah could have written one word, and that one word would have included everything, which is the word Sada. Sada would mean the land itself, Sada would mean things in the Sada. Everything should be included in Sada, says the Gemara. Had the Torah only mentioned the word Sada, if the Torah only would have said Sada, I would have thought it doesn't mean the land itself. It only means, like we mentioned, the grains in the field, things in the field. So the Torah says, examples of things in the field. So now Sada doesn't mean a Gaddish or Hakama or Kaitzim. You already mentioned that. Here we are forced to say that Sada means the stones or the earth itself, which is taka something unusual. But if you lit the fire and the fire damaged that, you will be chayiv to pay. Okay, guys. So now we are starting with a large piece of Agadete. And it's a machayi. We are halfway through the Masechta. And here we go. Omar Rab Shmuel Barnachmeni Omar Rab Speaking about fire, and quoting the pasuk, ain puranoyos balaolam tribulations only common to the world. Elabizman shahadoshoyim baolam only when there are wicked people in the world. However, even though they are the cause for puranoyos coming into the world, the eino maschelas elamenat sadikim tchila. But the first ones who get affected negatively by it are the tzadikim. Why? As we spoke out before, because of this inconsistency in the Pasuk. The Pasuk begins, If fire goes out, meaning, what causes fire, so to say, Puranias to go into the world? Only when there are Kaitzim. And Kaitzim refers to thorns, referring to the Shayim. However, it only affects Tadikim first because it says, which means grain is consumed. Not that it, the fire consumes the grain is not written. Which means by the time it hits the thorns, the Gaddish is already destroyed. The Gaddish is the Tzadikim. So it begins because of the Kaitzim. 
But what does it consume first? It consumes first the tzaddikim, and we'll get more about this in a few lines. So, Tani Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef learned the price. My dechsev, what's the meaning of the pasuk in Parshas Boi? By Makas Bechayres, where it says, Va'atem lo'iseitzu ish mipesach beisay, ad beiker, that you, the Jewish people, the Bnei Yisrael, should not leave the doors of their homes until the morning. From here we learn that kiven shenitin l'shus l'mashchis, that once Hashem gives permission to the, the uh, negative forces to do damage, these forces don't differentiate between tzaddikim and Hashem. Now what does that mean? We believe in Ashgach HaPratis. How can you say that? What is the Rishus Hamashchis that God forbid is independent from God? Of course not. So I heard a good explanation from my Rosh Hashiva, Rabbi Leif Shapiro in Miami. There's a concept called that Satan is Mekatrik Vishas HaSakana. Which means like this, that just like we understand that there's something called an Ace Ratzin in the positive, an Ace Ratzin means that even if a person under normal circumstances would not merit to be blessed with certain things, because they lack schusim or what have you, nevertheless there are times that people are looked favorably and they get things that otherwise they would not have gotten. So there's the same concept in the opposite, the opposite of an Ace Ratzin. The opposite of an Ace Ratzin would mean that in a normal circumstance that person would be considered a tzaddik. But once there's a lot of judgment in the world, everyone is judged, then when there's an excessive amount of din, then that person is no longer such a tzaddik. If he's viewed with such a uh, strict uh, glasses of din, and more than that, we learned in Dafnun, right, the Pasuk. That's a question, what would cause an Ace Ratzin or the opposite? But just like we all understand the Ace Ratzin, it's not that Eina Mavchen, Stamen, God forbid, it's Hefked. Yeish Balabais Labiruzu. It's the opposite of an Ace Ratzin. Now the opposite, when a person is greater, the greater the person. We had this in Daf Nun, quoting from Tehillim Peirik Nun, that Usvivav Nisa'arom Ma'oid, which means that Tzadikim are judged to a higher standard. So, so not only Eidam Avchin, V'loyoyd Elashem Matzchol, and Tzadikim, Tzadikim are going to be the ones who are going to get punished first. Shinamar as it says, V'ichrati Mimeich, that I will, God forbid, cut out from amongst you, both the Tzadik and the Rosh. Now, the concept of Eina Mavchen bin Sadiq Rasha, that during the time of judgment, even people that otherwise would have been found to be a Sadiq will be found guilty, that's one thing. But when Abiyah Yisav heard the concept that they get killed first, which is a continuation of the previous sugya, that not before the Kaitsim get burned, the Gaddish gets burned. So Bachir Abiyah Yisav, Abiyah Yisav cried. And he said, Kulai hai nami la'ayin doimin. What, uh, so uh, being good it, it works against you? It, it, are they nothing? That shekaidmen leporaniya is okay. He, you know the concept that kimishinit mishus lil mashchis hasatan mekatrik mishasasakana. There are certain times that you have to be more careful. Okay, that we can that we can get. But that tzaddik should be punished first. It's not fear. And, and not at a higher standard. We, we get that also. But why should he be punished first? He's, a great, he's better. So for this, Amar Abaye says, Aha, what you consider bad is really not always bad. Now, he's being judged. But once destruction comes into the world, it's a, you know, from the tragic story we have in the Asara Ruge Malchus, that once the, these tzaddikim knew that they're going to pass away, each one wanted to pass away first. No one wanted to see the other one suffering. Tibusu a tzaddik being removed from the world first is really good for the tzaddikim. Dixiv, as it says, it is because of the impending evil that the tzaddik is gathered in for him not to witness the evil that's going to happen. So getting, so to say, punished first, if you're going to get punished, Taking off the band-aid, you know, just get, get, get done with it, so to say. It's not, it, that's really a tavusa. But the Pasuk of Gadish and Kaitsim. Oh, now, Amar Rav Yehud Amar Rav, turning to the Afsah Muhammad Beis, Lo'oilam yikonneis adam b'chitoiv, v'yetzei b'chitoiv, that a person should always enter Entering a city, really it means entering already the place where you're going to sleep. When it's during the time called Kitoiv, what's the time of Kitoiv? This goes back to the beginning of Psachim. One way Chazal spoke about light is by using the words when it's good. So you should already enter to your place of sleeping when it is light. Don't go by night and go into the night and only leave when it's already light. Don't travel during the dark. 
Shenemar, as it says, Va'atem lo'iseitzu ish me'pesach boiker, me'pesach beisoy ad boiker. And as we'll see in the Gemara, it doesn't only mean physically, but the concept of night is a time of mazikin. And once, kibin shenitin l'shus l'mashchis, then you got to be careful. Protect yourself. When there is, God forbid, a plague in the city, however you'll define the plague, but when negative things are happening, it's a time that appears that it's the opposite of an Eisratzen. So you have to understand that maybe you were protected in normal times. In such a time, the danger, you might be found unworthy. Once you're being judged, you might be found guilty. So what should you do to protect yourself from that moment? Take your feet into the house. Meaning, stay indoors. Staying indoors, you're not out there. Again, the satan is mekatadik b'shasa sakana. If there's greater danger out there, then when you're out there, you might be uh, judged negatively. No, you have enough schusim to be protected in normal circumstances. You put yourself in a more dangerous scenario, maybe for that you don't have schusim. And that's the answer for people who say, listen, if it's my time to go, then I'll go even if I'm at my home. If it's my time to live, I can jump off a roof. I can do something dangerous because I'm destined to live. The answer is no. That the, in, a, in the greater the danger you put yourself in, the more merits you need to be protected. And maybe for that you don't have so much merits. Shenamad as it says, So first the Braise brings the Pasik of Parshas boy. Then he brings the Pasik, That go my people, enter your rooms, Close the doors behind you. Another Pasik that tells you stay indoors. And a third Pasik here from Parshas Devarim, that Michutz, that on the outside, the sword will bereave. And while indoors, is going to be fear. In other words, when there's a sword outside, stay indoors. You're afraid, but better to be afraid and to live than to go outdoors and to get hit by the sword. The question is, why did they have to bring so many psukim for the same concept? My Ba'aymer. He, Taimer, had we only brought the first pasik of Pasha's boy. I would have thought, Hanamila, when are we advised to stay indoors only when it's dark? If it's physically dark, stay indoors. Balayla. Avodiyamama, even if there's a devil, staying indoors, staying outdoors. What difference? Tashema, leich ami boy b'chadorecha. Usigor dilosecha. The pasik that tells you to stay indoors and close the door behind you. When should you stay indoors? When indoors, there's absolutely nothing to be afraid of. The only fear is outdoors. The danger is out. Stay indoors. But if there's also dread indoors, so you would think, it's better for people to be amongst a group. So many times when there's danger, you run outdoors, not speaking about here in LA, there's earthquakes. They're talking indoors is more dangerous than outdoors. But people, you know, when you get afraid, you, it's be, be with others. So Tashamad, no. Michutz de shakel chedet umichadaram emer. So the Brice wrote a third pasuk that if there's a sword outdoors, then in, stay indoors even though you are afraid. No, it's afal gavdem michadaram emer. Even though there is there is dread while you are in your room, nevertheless michutz de shakel chedet. It's better. Then going outdoors when their sword is working. And Rava says the Gemara, the Eden Rizcha, whenever it was a time of Rizcha, of David, of, uh, it was an epidemic, there was a plague, there are many ways of understanding this concept, and whenever he felt that there are some, there's a lot of negative things going out in the world, have a Sochar Kaveh, he would seal his windows. But he understood that stay indoors, stay put. And seal your windows. The Siv, as it says, Ki ola mavis that death descends through our windows. He completely separated himself from the outdoors. Right there. we learned, what we learned about a devil is the opposite by hunger. If there's hunger in your city, spread your legs. In other words, go out, move, go to a place where there's no hunger. Shinamad, as it says, yeah, Pasha's lech lecha, vayehi ra'av ba'aretz. And there was a hunger in the land, vayeret avra mitzrayma. And here, you know, the, 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 the words in the title is lagur, lagur sham. And again, va'aymed, and here he quotes another pasik. The Braise quotes the pasik of the story of the Arba mitzrayim, which was Gechazi and his three sons, that they were anyways expelled to be outside the city, mechutz and there was a hunger in the city. 
and they were going to die of hunger. And, and they told them, they spoke to themselves, in Omar Nunavayoir, if we're going to go back into the city, even if they'll allow us in, what good will happen? There's hunger in the city, etc. Now, again, why did we have to bring the Pasuk in Malachim? So says the Gemara, I would think, when do we say that if there's a Ra'av, go travel, that's only only travel, if traveling is not going to endanger your life. Aside of the hunger issue, you don't have other issues. But in the case, the Ika Safik Nefashais, that if traveling brings its own dangers, as was the case of the Arabah Mitzrayim, that they traveled to Machna Aram. Machna Aram was our enemy. They were the ones that made the siege. And they could have gotten killed. So you would say, well, there's hunger, but there are the Safik Nefashais. So Tashima, that even when there's a Safik Nefashais, Ra'av is Vadai Nefashais. Even though Ra'av is for sure going to kill you 10 hours from now. And if you go to Machnaram, you might get killed now. Here is the Chiddush. No, if you're running away from hunger, you will die from hunger. So it's worth it. You have the permission at least to put yourself in a Suffolk Nefashis with the upside of being saved. As it says, They actually decided and they did that. Let's go give ourselves over to our enemy. In Yichayunu Nichya, because if they won't kill us, they'll give us food, we'll become their slaves. The end of that story was is that Hashem made a nest and they ran away. That was the big salvation that we had. But the point is, is that for Dever, stay indoors, for Ra'av, go out. Interestingly, in the religious world, many people have this concept that there's a Dever, there's a Ruchnes Dever. So therefore stay, you know, isolated, isolate yourselves, cut yourself off from others. The Rebbe viewed it that when the spiritual thirst, there's hunger in the world. If there's hunger in the world, goes on me and you that we have our achnayas to go out over there and to teach them Torah. Aye, there's a suffix nefashis. So the answer is do it anyway. If there's a, a, a plague in the city, don't walk in the middle of the road. Because the angel of death is walking in the middle of the road. And the Kivan the Yahiva later the Shusa, once God gave him permission to do damage, is Mazge Lahedya. He goes out in the open. So if you're gonna walk in the middle of the road, you're walking with a Malachamavis, so to say. The opposite is if if there's peace in the city, don't walk on the sides of the roads. Why? Keeping the lace later shusa, because during a time of peace, it's a time that Hashem it's a Aisratsam. Hashem is not giving the Malachamavas that much power. And but he never disappears. In a time of peace, Mechabe Chabuye Umaske, he hides and he walks basically in the corners. So if you're gonna be walking in the corners or in the edges of the Rishusa of the, the you know the of the street. You're going to be again walking with the Malachamavas. Many people understand this more deeper, that walking in the center is being moderate. And the Torah is telling you that whenever there's Dever Be'ir, that's not a time to be moderate. If there's an epidemic, you've got to go to the extreme. In times of peace, then don't go to extremes. Tana Rabbana on the first white line, the medium lines, yeah, Dever Be'ir, that if there is a plague in the city, Al Yikonis Adam Yachadu Beisaknasis. Wow. That when there's an epidemic, going into a shul, and we'll see soon a shul that's not used, that's the worst place to go. Zelu umaze. A Beisaknesis, which has the highest level of potential Kedusha. That's why people, the closer they get, the more challenges they can have, internal challenges. That that person should not enter a Beisaknesis. Shemalach hamavis mafkid sham That where does the Malach put all of his tools of work? In the Beisaknesis. However, the Hanamili... That's only if that's a basic in which children don't learn. Or, and, where there's no minion. But in a place where people gather to daven, in a place where children gather to learn, then there is no zelu umazed. That trumps the negative force. And a basic that's used properly is the place to run into. That's where you'll find your salvation. We learned in Ebrahim, when dogs are crying, you know what that means? It means Malachamavas Balir. It means that they sense what we cannot. They are sensing the angel of death, and that's why they're crying. When dogs are laughing, that's because Eliyahu Navi comes to the city. However, Hanimili, the Gemara is practical. And that is only correct, the lace bone the keva, when there's no female dog. 
So they're crying or laughing because of certain spiritual powers that dogs can see that most people cannot. But if there's a female dog, then both the crying and they're laughing has to do with her. Says the Gemara, Yosef, Ravami, Ravasi, Kamei, Rabbi Yitzchak, Nafcha. Ravami and Ravasi were sitting in front of Rabbi Yitzchak, Nafcha. Mar, Amar, One of the two, either Ravami or Ravasi, they told Rabbi Yitzchak, Nafcha, Leima, Mar, Shmaitza. Please teach us, say, you know, Asugya, teach us a halachic ruling. Teach us a learn with us, Niglem. Umar, Amar, Leima, Mar, Agadata. The other one says, no, 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 teach us Hasidus, teach us a piece of Agadata. Pasach So here you see that when he heard both requests, what did he start out teaching? Agadata, even though he was asked that second. However, the other one did not allow. He said, no, 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 teach us Shmaitza. So Pasach Shmaitza. The other one didn't let. Each one was not letting him teach. So told both of them, I will give you an example. What is this compared to? To a man who has two wives. Yalda, one wife is young, one wife is old. Yalda, the young wife is pulling out, is picking out his white hairs. She wants him to look young. Zikeno, the old one, is picking out his uh, black hairs because she wants him to be, you know, like her, old. Nimsar comes out that this man is you know, expression, you're bold from this side and on that side. No, I want to teach Agada, you don't let me. I want to teach Shemait, so you don't let me. So Amar Lahem, so he himself came, came with the solution. I'm going to say something that is fitting for both. And now we quoted the Pasuk, he says the meaning this is what we mentioned in the beginning of the Daf, that the Pasuk appears to, be, to begin with a scenario that the fire was not directly lit on the Kaimer or the Kaitzim Vachule, you lit it in your own property and then it traveled by itself. And then the Pasuk concludes, Shalim Yishalam Hamavar Then the Pasuk concludes that the one who lit the fire has to pay, implying that the one who lit it directly. So is it directly or is it not directly? So the answer is, so here you see again, he began speaking Agadita. And what did he say, Gavaldik? He said like this, that Hashem created the fire. The fire is the Yetzir Hara. But Hashem, when He created the fire, the fire was little. And if we would not fan that fire into flames, then it would, the, the, the power would be very limited. It would afford us freedom of choice. But we would do the right thing. Once we gave in to the Yetzir Hara, it ultimately led to the Churban of the Beis HaMikdash. Now who's responsible for that? So he was saying about Agadete that to a certain degree God is responsible because he began the whole thing. So the one who began the fire, even if the fire later was fanned, the beginner is held responsible. So he says, God takes responsibility that ultimately I'm going to make up for the fire. Which means, I was the one that burnt down Sion with fire. And as it says, right, These are the words that we say in Nachim. And God says, ultimately, ultimately God is going to take responsibility. And God is going to build the base of Mikdash. And as it says, that I will be to Yerushalayim like a wall of fire that surrounds us. I'll be the honor inside Yerushalayim. No, the, the Pasuk is ultimately telling you that uh, at the end Hashem will have Rachmanus on us. Oh, and, and he'll make a transformation. That's the word. That fire, the same fire that burned down, that itself can be used to build it back up. Now, Shemaitzam... So now that he said, I got it, and now the Rabbi Yitzchak Nafcha said like this, Pasach HaKosav Beniske Memoinoi, Vesiyah Beniske Gufay. Again, Beniske Memoinoi means I lit the fire in my property, the fire traveled on its own, I'm chayef to pay. That's very similar to my ox goring your ox. It wasn't me, it was what I made, what I own. But the Pasach ends that I lit the fire, lighting direct is Adam HaMazik. Why did the Torah do that? to tell you that that even though I did not light it directly, it's considered direct damage. Just like when I shoot an arrow, even though the arrow took ten minutes to get to the victim, if it went direct from my koyach, then it was I who did it. I'm chayiv, even if the arrow was not mine. It's my koyach 
Now, now that we learned Eish and Tamun, we're going to begin with another whole Maisa Vagadata. The Pasik in Shmuel, and as we'll see later, there's another Pasik in Divra Hayyamim that they apparently are speaking about events that took place at the same time. He was, let's read inside, it says, By Yesave David Vayemer. David once was overcome with a desire, and he said, Mi Ashkeni Mayim, Mi Boyd Beislechem. Who can give me waters? from the bird, from the well in Beis Lechem, that is Asher Bisha'ar. Now literally, he was around the area of Beis Lechem. As a child, he drank the waters of Beis Lechem. And he was thirsty, and he was yearning for the waters, you know, that tasted like, like the waters of his youth. Now he was only with few people. But when some of his people heard that he wants water from Beis Lechem, this is literally, Three of his mighty men, they broke into the camp of the Pelishtim. And even though they went into enemy territory, there were only three. And they drew water, and they brought it to him. And there the Pasuk says he didn't want to drink it. Because he felt that they risked their lives to do something. They could have gotten killed. He didn't want to drink it. So in the future, no one will risk their lives to try to help him. When he, you know, okay, so he wanted water. That's all the literal meaning. The Gemara already begins that, it can, it's, that, that's, that there's a deeper meaning. And the deeper meaning of water, Amayim Elotayim. And when he had a question in halacha, and he didn't know the answer, so he was yearning to go to the, to, the, to the source of water. The source of water is the Sanhedrin. Now to go from him to the Sanhedrin, it was dangerous, because there were many Pelishtim in between where he was and Yerushalayim, and the Sanhedrin. And people went and they came back, and they told him the halacha. And he did not make use of the waters, means he did not use the halacha. So what does all that mean? So here we're going to have three opinions. What halachi question did he ask from the Sanhedrin? He wanted to know, and as Rashi says, during one of his battles, his soldiers burnt down property of Eden. It happened that way. And in the property, in the pile of grain, there were kalim. He wanted to know whether he's chayef. He took responsibility. That's another connection to the Gemara before. Even though his soldiers did it, he felt, you know, in English, the buck stops with me. He was the general. If my army damaged, I, I have to pay. And my chai have to pay for Taman. He wanted to know if the Allah is like Rabbi Huda or if the Allah is like the Chachamim. Ike Rabbi Huda, who holds your chai for Taman, Ike Rabbanan that you potted for Taman. Upashtule, madapashtule. And then the whole story, they came back with water, means they came back with an answer. And he didn't want to make use of the answer because he, he didn't find it correct that people risked their lives at that time to find the halacha then. They didn't have to risk your life. And interestingly, the Gemara doesn't even tell you what the Sanhedrin said. So we should not benefit from that. Now, Rav Huna, that's, that's one. That's Omar Rava, Omar Rav Nachman. Rav Huna answers that the story was a different story. That Gedishim, the Sa'idim, the Yisrael Habu. There was a stack of barley that belonged to Yidin. The problem was that Pelishtim were hiding in these stacks of barley, in these stacks of grain. And David HaMelech felt it's a lot safer for him to burn it down, to kill the Pelishtim, at least to expose them and then to kill them. The problem is that by doing so, you're damaging Yiddish property. Are you allowed to do it or not? And his question to the Sanhedrin was, he was thirsty for water, he wanted to know, are you allowed to save yourself by damaging your fellow's property? And here we have a very important machlekes Rashi Toisvus. So Toisvus here, second to last line, second to last Toisvus says, of course, the question wasn't whether he's allowed to burn down the stacks. Of course he's allowed to burn the stacks down. It's pikuach nefesh. You have your enemy is hiding behind the things. Burn the things down. The question, the question that he had was, am I going to be chayf to pay for it? and many other Rishonim. It's going to become clear from a Rashi that we're going to learn in a few lines in the Gemara and then in Rashi, that Rashi disagrees with that. And Rashi understands that his question was Kepshutai. Are you allowed to burn other people's property down to save yourself? The question is, of course, Pikuach Nefesh. Pikuach Nefesh is only not doicha, you know, murder, idolatry and adultery. So there are so many approaches that Chassam Seifert explains that Geneva or Gezele is an Abazrayu or Shvi Chazdamim. How is it connected to a possibility of Shvi Chazdamim from the law of Ababa Machteres? 
that if someone is tunneling into your house, you are allowed to kill him. Because Adam, a person, doesn't contain himself when it comes to protecting his possessions. And therefore, if you're going to challenge the Ghana, if the Ghana is going to try to kill you, kill him first. So theft can lead to murder. So therefore, according to Rashi, he pushed wanted to know, you know, sounds like, you know, the armies today. Our soldiers are in danger. Look out for your soldiers' welfare. If you have to do that by damaging Yiddish property, maybe you're not allowed to. So Shalchulei, so they responded to him, and here the Gemara is telling you what the Sanhedrin told him. Because the, the Sa'irim belongs to Yidin. They were hiding in Jewish property. Mm. You're burning it down. He wanted his soldiers to burn down all of the, the piles. No, B-52, make us a bomb. There should be nothing there. If there are people there, you'll see them. He was going to destroy Yiddish property to protect the soldiers and to kill the enemy. Are you allowed to do it or not? Yeah, yeah. Burning it down without their permission. It's called Geneva. Correct. Nezek and Geneva is mamish to say, if I'm mazik you, I'm, I'm stealing your property. So Toysvah says, well, he was going to pay them. The question is, is he chayef to pay them? Rashi says, you're not allowed to do that. Either a pikuach nefesh, die, don't take what's not yours. So shalchulei, so they responded to David HaMelech, that the answer is, now according to Toysvah, okay, you know, pay. According to Rashi, you're not allowed to, even if there's a risk to your life, you cannot save your life by damaging other people's property. Avil, but they continued. And they said, Ata, Melech Ata, you, David, you're a king. Umelech played its losses like that. A king is allowed to break through walls to make himself a path. And by the way, that is what David Melech said later, that I don't want to benefit from the Psaq Din of Sanhedrin, that I'm special because I'm a Melech. If they pass him that normally you're not allowed to do it, then you're not allowed to do it. That's number two. He said that Gedishim, the Soirim, the Soalabu. It was a different case. There were Yidin that had their piles of lentils. And by the way, lentils, like Taisus points out, are a lot more valuable than Soirim. Ugedishim, the Adoshim, so I'm sorry, Yidin had barley, I'm sorry, which is, which, is, which is a lesser loss. It's not that valuable. And there were Gedishim, the Adoshim, the Pelishtim, and the Pelishtim had piles of Adoshim. And the the question was, his animals, in other words, the animals of his soldiers were hungry. So he wanted to know whether he can take, he says, without permission, can I take the Gedishim of the Yidin? And he knew that he's going to conquer the enemy, he was confident, and then he's going to have access to all their piles of Adoshim, which is even more valuable, and I'll pay them back with Adoshim. But the Yidin were not there to ask permission. Can I take the Gedishim Shal Soirim the Yisrael Litein Lefnei Behemtei to give it in front of our animals? Almanas L'Shalom Gedishim Shal Adoshim the Polishim, and I'm going to pay back with something even better. So Shal Cholein, they told him that borrowing without permission is another form of Geneva. Now let to do that. And as it says in the pasuk in Yecheskel that Chavayel Yoshev Rasha that a Rasha returns a pledge. Gezela Yeshalem a Rasha returns that which he stole, but he's still called a Rasha. In other words, the attitude that I'm going to take, and you know, without your permission, I'll give you back. Even if I do that, the Pasuk calls that person a Rasha, which means normally you're not allowed to do it. And again, the Sanhedrin told him, Avo, Ato, Melech, but you are a king. And David Melech again says, you know, if you're not allowed to do it, I don't want to rely on this unique hetid that I'm a king, especially since people went and came from the Sanhedrin putting themselves in danger. Bishleim, and now the Gemara goes, Bishleim, the third opinion, the question was whether he can switch Adoshim with Sa'idim. That's why in one Pasuk in Shmuel where this story is described, it says, In one Pasuk we describe the case of the area being filled with lentils, and in another Pasuk, which is in Divrei Hayyamim, it says, But that the question was whether they can burn it down. My, was it Adoshim or was it Sa'idim? My, Lahani Trey Kroy, what's these two psukim? Only one scenario is what happened. Amalach, the Habonami Gedishim, the Adoshim, the Yisrael, that there was also Gedishim of lentils, that there were both, that there were piles of Sa'idim, the Yisrael, Adoshim, the Yisrael, 
and the Philistines are hiding in, in whatever they can hide in, and he wanted to know regarding both. That the question was whether he's allowed to burn it. That's why it says, And this refers homiletically that Davana Melech stood in the middle of the field and he saved, meaning that he did not rely on the heter of the Sanhedrin. So he took a stand and he says, No, 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 you went there, you shouldn't have gone to ask the question. I'm not going to benefit from it. If the din is that you can't do it, we're not going to do it. If the question was whether he can exchange it or not, it means even if he would have exchanged it, he wouldn't have destroyed it. He would have exchanged it. And like Taisva says, he would have given them something better. Why can you say the word Vayatsi Lehom? And here's where we know that Rashi disagrees with Taisvis. Second to last line in Rashi, Vayatsi Lehom. In the case of burning. In the case of burning. That makes sense. Shaloi Yisrafua. Not like Taisvis that says that he was going to burn it regardless. The question was only whether you have to pay for it or not. But Rashi holds that the Sanhedrin told him, don't burn it. You're not allowed to save your life by stealing or damaging someone else's property. Anyways, but if the question was about exchanging, why do we use the word Vayatsileha? So the Gemara says it's not a kasha. That's also called saving it. It was the Sanhedrin, the Lishopak, not allowed them to make the exchange. So the owners of the Sa'idim did not lose their Sa'idim. He saved their property. Taking the Sa'idim, giving them Adashim, still would have meant they would have lost. So he saved. Both the one that says the story was about can you burn it or not, or whether the question was whether you can exchange it or not. That's why there's two Psukim. One in Shmuel and one in Divrei Hayyamim. If the question was only whether the Palishtim are in the fire, whether you can burn the fire down or not, burn the piles down or not, or whether you have to pay them or not, why, why are we having two psukim? I mean, what was the case? Either there was, you know, it, it, it was one question, whether he can burn it or not. So, so now the Gemara says that even the opinion that says that one of the questions was whether you can burn the piles down because there's a danger of, of the soldiers, it was really two different questions that he had. Tamun, one question was whether, if they're hiding, can you burn that pile down? And v'chadam ha'anachim I'm sorry. Elmandam tamun be'eish means that if the question was is that his soldiers already burnt, they already burnt property down. And then they discovered that in the Gaddish there was Kalim. So for that which they burned, Davra Malach paid. He took responsibility. Question was, was it, does he also have to pay for uh, what's Kalim in there? That's only one question. So why do you have two psukim? Answers the Gemara that even according to the version that the question was Tamun, he had two questions. One was, And there was also a question whether you can burn it to save yourself, whether you can exchange it because the animals are hungry. No, it's Chada Mahanach. He had really two questions, which is Dafka why this story is recorded both in Shmuel and in Dibri Hayomim. Okay, so we'll stop over here. We'll finish up with the Sagada tomorrow.